Hello, my friends, and welcome to Daily Bible Reading, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading is for February 1st, Exodus chapters 7 through 9. It's the first seven plagues of God's wrath against Egypt declared through Moses to Pharaoh because of his wickedness, his hardness of heart, his arrogance, his pride, his unwillingness to repent, to let God's people go. I wonder if it was as much about his ego as it was about the Egyptian economy. Who knows? But we know that he hardened his heart. We know that God hardened his heart and that all of this exists to show off the glory of the one and only God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who is going to bring his people back to the promised land. He will not be thwarted. His will is going to take place. And I'd like to look at these plagues as prophetic symbols. Clearly, they're accurate portrayals of historical events, not trying to diminish that at all. But we've all read this, and that part is easy to see. Let's take a different take. And what if this first plague of turning the water into blood is a demonstration, prophetically, of God's pouring out his wrath on the earth because of the earth's sinfulness? We talked about before that in prophecy... Egypt represents the world system apart from God. I would believe that Satan, who gives power to the magicians of Pharaoh, is able to duplicate this same miracle of turning the water to blood because that's kind of what Satan's job is, is to do God's dirty work, the punish the people who deserve it, to bring discipline, to expose our areas of weakness and show us where we're wrong, invite God's judgment into our lives, so we'll change. So the first plague of being the water turned to blood could represent God's wrath on the sinfulness of kind of mankind. The second plague of the frogs Think about the life cycle of a frog. It's born in the water. It grows legs and loses its tail, and it becomes a land-dwelling animal, and yet it never really fully leaves the water. So what if that is somebody represented here? Maybe it represents somebody who is of the world, who is changed or given the opportunity to change, to become a believer, somebody who would follow after the God of the universe, and yet stays mired in the swampy areas of the world. Just a thought. The third plague, gnats. Now, these are this annoying little bugs. Could be fleas, it could be lice, it could be gnats, like almost like little fruit flies, and they're just buzzing around, but they're able to leave the ground. 
And maybe that's representing people who are becoming transformed into the image of God. And they're making these little tiny leaps. And notice this is the first plague that Pharaoh's magicians, under the power of Satan, cannot replicate. Just a thought. The fourth plague, the swarms of flies, insects, sustained flight, a little less annoying, perhaps, than the really immature gnats, but still don't really have a whole lot of power. The fifth plague is livestock, and that represents what the people have. The word translated livestock and cattle in the, this passage actually could be literally translated as the verb to get. It comes from the same root word anyway, to get or to acquire something. And so we see this transition first from plagues of justice that Satan can perform to plagues of annoyance that Satan can't perform. And yet still, they're just kind of external to us. I mean, there are bugs flying around. That's annoying, right? And now it's the livestock. It's the possessions of the people. And so we see this progression. Sorry, we're going long here. I'm going to try to finish this up. <clears throat> the next plague, the sixth, is the boils. And so now it goes from external possessions to being within us. It's, it's physical pain. It's not just financial pain. It's not just being hungry from not having food. It's physical pain. And then the seventh plague is the hail, where God pours out hail unlike anything that has ever been seen before. And it's important to note as well that these things do not happen in the land of Goshen, where the Israelites dwell. The people of God are in the world, Egypt, but not part of the world and not subject to the same division. Now, I'm sure if there were Israelites who were not in the land of Goshen where they belonged and they were out amongst the Egyptians, they would be pummeled and killed by this hail. They would suffer the same judgment. And so God is saying to his people, be apart, come out of her, be different, be like me, and you will live and eventually escape to the promised land in the next coming chapters that we'll be reading in the next few days. This has been Exodus 7 through 9. A quick take, even though it's a couple minutes longer than normal. God bless you all, and we'll see you tomorrow.